I glanced at the address I'd scribbled down at Grayson Investigations, where I worked as one of a handful of private investigators, and I pulled off the main avenue into a neighborhood area. The neighborhood, a mix-and-match with condos, townhomes, and single-family houses, appeared festive. Every property displayed at least one decoration. Icicle lights swayed from overhanging roofs. Wooden reindeer statues nibbled front lawns. Blow-up decorations dwarfed shrubs, and elaborate wreaths hung on doors. I turned on a side street, and I picked up my notepad to recheck the house number. But as I looked down the cul-de-sac, I realized I didn't have to. Several hundred white disposable forks, prongs down, surrounded at least two dozen plastic flamingos wearing miniature Santa hats. The decorations dotted one half of a lawn in front of a two-unit condo. And clearing a swath through the yard, like a Christmas decoration lawnmower, but with the attitude of General Sherman burning his way to the coast, Agnes Sturgis ripped out forks and flamingos, hurling them into an industrial-sized plastic bag she dragged behind her. I knew Agnes. All of Sweetwater knew Agnes. She was the crankiest, most no-nonsense, tell-it-how-it-is member on the city council. Agnes recently fussed at the CEO of the town's largest retailer at a public meeting. The CEO had the gumption to petition the town to allow a variance on landscaping. He claimed the landscaping required by the town would block his store's signage. Agnes shot him down in five minutes of non-stop sour-mouthed lecturing and gesticulating, captured in a video that went viral in certain circles on the Internet. I parked my jeep near Agnes's side of the condo and hopped out, noticing for the first time that Louise, the eighty-something-year-old receptionist at Grayson Investigations, stood on her own half of the condo lawn. Louise grinned behind Agnes's back like a girl who just found her most desired gift beneath the tree on Christmas morning. Louise, with her blue-white hair, wore red-green and white-striped socks, pulled up to the hem of her Bermuda shorts, and a turquoise Hawaiian shirt with a pattern of Santa playing a ukulele. Louise's appearance couldn't have been more opposite from Agnes, who hunched beneath a black shawl, covering a long-sleeved gray dress and sensible shoes. Earlier in the day at Grayson Investigations, when Louise asked for help on behalf of Agnes, Louise reluctantly mentioned she lived in the condo connected with Agnes's unit. I didn't blame Louise for withholding that information until the issue was forced. Don't tell me you're the private investigator, Agnes said as I approached her. She let the bag of flamingos and forks clunk to the lawn and pursed her wrinkled lips smeared with maroon gloss. Hello, I said, extending my hand out to her and introducing myself. Louise said you're in need of a P.I. Agnes ignored my extended palm. You got identification? she asked. I passed her a business card and she examined it, tilting it as if she searched for a watermark. Louise had told me Agnes herself approached Louise, asking for help from Grayson Investigations. Jade O'Reilly? Agnes read from my card. She squinted at me, slowly looking me over. Huh, she said. I expected something a bit more. She shook her head and picked up her bag again. I expected someone who at least appeared competent. I glanced at my torn black jeans and ribbed tank top. 
I supposed the outfit, combined with my wind-blown brown hair and petite stature, might convey the wrong impression for a P.I. Jade hasn't let Grayson Investigations down once, Louise said. She's caught murderers, found stolen artwork, and busted cheating spouses. Agnes began ripping up decorations again with the ferocity of a starving dog digging for a bone. Jade's the best, Louise said, and our firm isn't even charging you for her services. Agnes paused her cleanup. You get what you pay for, she said, obviously.